right, folks. You know, uh, there's a lot of times when the Barbarian Prophet records in advance that we decide we're going to do something off the record, but I've decided today we're doing it on the record. Taking you off the edge of your map. Welcome to the Barbarian Prophet. Welcome to an off-the-record version of Barbarian Prophet. If you're tuned into this, you paid at least a dollar to give it a listen, and I promise you, your dollar's worth when you tile into one of these shows. We don't have these advertised out there for free. It's just for everybody that's on Patreon, and we thank you for contributing to the show. Now through the year we're going to be adding a bunch of these type of things and they're going to be focused on things that some people become very uncomfortable with out there like demonic uh possession uh battling with things i got i got some extra people in the studio today they're all looking at me saying what are you talking about demonic stuff go ahead you can speak up it's okay this is this my shows are always raw this is extra raw this is like just taking the meat out of the freezer and taking a bite. <laughs> that sounds well, gross. That's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have Charissa over here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I have Scoot. <laughs> I, I prefer Scott. Scott Scotty. <laughs> and, uh, and Emily, I got here with us today. And you can hear her on one of our other shows, but... You know, today we're talking about some crazy stuff. We have a tendency when we sit around my house to discuss when we have seen uh, demonic activity around or angelic activity around. Uh, whether people believe it or not, I have an actual angel that lives in my house and he, he does have a tendency to freak people out once in a <laughs> while, including me, because you'll bump into him in the strangest of places. I had to tell him to stand next to the bed because it scares me when I wake up and he's there. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, Scott, have you? When is the first time you dealt with uh, some some of that uh, demonic activity, or have you ever? I mean, it's obvious that you have. So let's just not even play that well, game. Well, the supernatural. Um, I read a book, The Final Quest, by Rick Joyner. Oh yeah, and, Rick. Rick is the man. And I just could visualize a lot of the spiritual battle going on around us through his book. And as I read his book, um, I wanted to start putting into practice some of the things that I saw in the spiritual realm. Um, but I didn't ex hadn't experienced anything in the spiritual realm that I was aware of. And so I started um, being very purposeful about using the Word of God. And so the first time I saw the supernatural was... Um, 14 tornadoes touched down in our county that day and um i went outside and i just, just in one day in, in one afternoon yeah absolutely okay I'm and um i went outside i was at a christian camp got all the kids to safety and i went outside and the lord just said go outside and i'm like what do i do so i did the only thing i knew how to do and that was quote scripture so i said uh the uh, same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit living in me. And when my Jesus spoke, he calmed the storm. So in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop. And it did. And
and it actually freaked me out. Um, then uh, the other thing was I had been in your house talking with uh, Jeremy Poole, who led you to the Lord in jail, and he was sharing about the spiritual oppression kind of stuff that was happening um, in, in, in your home. Okay. And uh, the, when you guys were in jail and you would feel the, the intimidation of the spirits grab you by the shoulder and push you down. He shared that, and I remember thinking to myself, ha, 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 that's funny, I'll never experience that. That's nice for you. And one day I was at the, the summer camp I worked out of. I was walking, and in the peripheral of my eyes, I saw a shadow, and it followed me, and you could just feel the darkness. And then I rounded another corner to my camper, and there was another shadow there waiting for me. And as soon as I opened up my camper door, I saw a reflection um, in the glass, two demons standing right behind me. And I was like, uh, nope, you guys can't come in here. And I shut the door. Um, I didn't take any authority over it at the time because I didn't know what to do or how to do that. But a month after talking to Jeremy, I was sitting in the car um, praying for this camp because I had seen those demons the night before <clears throat> excuse me and all of a sudden um, sure enough I was attacked physically and the demons grabbed my shoulders and pushed me into the seat of the car and uh, I prayed in Jesus name and I bound up those uh, demons and instantly that um, the hands on my shoulders left and then 30 seconds later as I was praying it happened again and so that was just the two spirits that were following me at that camp well I, I remember the night that we were in jail uh, I'll just kind of just to fill in in a little bit more on that maybe we, one of these days we got to get Jeremy sat down because he's had some crazy but uh, when we were in jail <clears throat> it was back in 2002 and we were praying in that pod. We had a we had two demon worshippers. Now I came out of a pagan background, and pagans do not worship this devil. That's one problem that Christians uh, kind of mess that up. They always think that if you are not worshiping Jesus, that everything that they worship is the devil, and that's why it is so hard to convert pagans. Is because they understand you don't understand, so they just don't even listen to you. Uh, they are worshiping, in my opinion, uh, demonic forces, but they're not flat-out Luciferians. They're not praying to the devil, okay? You guys can all hear that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I don't know if my audience can hear it, but there is definitely something going on in the room. There's a sound of, like, wind, and I was like, God, are you here? <laughs> yeah. right there. Is it the wind outside? Yeah, the okay. wind's blowing through. Okay, because okay. I'm right like, here. man, that is loud to come all the way through, but this is Wyoming. There you go. <laughs> so, anyway, on the other, if you guys can hear that, I'm sorry. I can't do anything to cut it out. It's like, like a train when it goes by, we will hear it. So, that's just the way it works. <laughs> so when we were in jail let's get back to that story you ready we were in jail and we did have two guys that were straight from the luciferian church and they were devil worshipers i mean that is satan was their god and uh 
that night that all that happened where we kept getting held down, uh, mostly Jeremy and Dale, not so much me. It never, ever came into my room, uh, but I felt its presence. The next day when we were walking laps directly under their uh, house was the uh, a pentagram was drawn and they had been casting spells against the three of us that night mm -hmm. is what had been going on. So that's that's interesting. Now, Carissa. So fill us in on about some of the craziness that <laughs> that you've had go on. You've had a lot of presence, and not just demonic, but you had angelic, etc. True. I mean, when yeah. you guys were in Florida, the two of you down there for school, I'd hear about things all the time. So, yeah. when did you start experiencing some of that? Well. I didn't realize it, but when I was very little, I had visions of snakes, and they would be in my bed sheets coming up towards me, and they would come around my head and my face, and they would um, almost like bite at my face, and so I'd close my eyes really tight and try to like pretend that they weren't there, and if I got brave enough, I would actually throw the cover off and just book for my parents' bedroom, and I'd wake up my parents almost every night for the season. And I would be like, there's snakes in my bed. They'd come back to my room. They'd be like, there's no snakes in here. It's just your blanket. You know, there's nothing going on. You're okay. But I wouldn't be able to sleep in that bed. So they, um, I remember one night specifically, mom took me in bed with her. And um, I was laying there, but I just couldn't fall asleep. She fell asleep. And all of a sudden, her hair started to move. And the snakes were actually in her hair and they were coming toward me and I screamed and it was just like this moment of I didn't know what was going to happen because all of a sudden now my mom had become um, had the snakes all over her and so when I woke up I just closed my eyes and I was like you know it's not real it's not real it's not real but I realized now that I was seeing demonic things in our house right and that as a child I was recognizing those things but then it was like oh no those aren't real like you're just making that up it's you know not a big thing but it wasn't until um, later that I realized that all of that was me actually seeing these <clears throat> things the presence of something in our home well did you have do you know what the snakes were representative of um, I because don't know. That is how your mind was. I don't know. I'm yeah. asking. And the reason I'm saying is because your mind was processing those demons as snakes. Mm -hmm. That's how your brain was dealing with this is a dangerous situation. That's what I'm assuming, right? Yeah. And so I, I was just wondering if you guys ever sorted out what they truly were. Because, see, people, you know, I, I've done demon, demonology studies, etc., it's a very dangerous thing to get involved in. I mean, you better be way heavy into Jesus three quarters of your day and maybe spend maybe 1% of your day studying that because it, people get lost in that and think yeah. they're fighting everything under the sun. And truth be told, uh, you need to study more on what the kingdom of heaven looks like than you need to study on what the demonic looks like. Yeah. But not be afraid of it. You know, we got, we're at war. You have something to say. Yeah, I, I know that when we were younger, um, there was a lot of fear in our home. Yeah. And there was a lot of anger. And so it may have been seeing those things take uh, effect because a lot of that fear and anger affected me as a child um, through my parents and 
this situation. So. Right. All right. Well, how you so? Well, that that's interesting. Now I'm looking to your sister. Did you ever see similar things during that period of time? Oh, um, I. Okay, so that's an interesting thing to think about. I was always really scared as a kid. I hated being alone in the dark. And I always attributed it to my sisters popping out when it was dark out. They always would try to scare me, and mm. I didn't like that. That sister over there? Uh, that one and another one. <laughs> Actually, I would like I'd avoid certain restrooms because I knew I'd have to walk through the dark bedroom to get back into the open, and I knew that they'd be waiting for me, so I would hold it and go to the other one. Okay, but that, that explains a lot. Have you forgiven yeah. your sister? You know, I hadn't thought to. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, now now you'll be less scared of the dark. So, what did you did you experience similar things at that time? Um, I mean, other than being afraid of your sisters being bones. I'm not sure. I wouldn't say necessarily. I just want to point out the fact that Carissa still thinks it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think necessarily. I definitely I don't think so. Okay, so but let me ask, sure. when did you start to see? You have sight, correct? Yeah, so I would say my first experience yeah, I'm just was curious. when Carissa came into my room and cast out chaos. So she like, came into my room and started casting out chaos, and I felt him leave. Me. Like, he came out. And mm-hmm. I was, like, freaked out. And I was like, oh, dang, I need to clean. So I started cleaning my room, and that was kind of funny to me, but that was my first experience. I started to really see after um i was at a old monastery i started to see things okay yeah. so you're at an old monastery you both were at this thing at one point yes. right okay. at different times but yeah different times mm-hmm. but uh let's start with some of your experience what do you know about i mean old monasteries you know they're uh going through uh well monasteries Let's just be straight. It'll probably offend some people, but they'll get through it. That's because they got the love of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they get into a little bit of idol worship mm-hmm. in some of those. I mean, worshiping yeah. people as opposed to worshiping God, so on and so yeah. forth. Mm-hmm. So This uh, one definitely had some of that going on because they actually had statues of just different iconic people. Yeah. And did, it would all all Were they up. still there? Um, when Before we came, they were put, buried, so they weren't. I don't know if they were destroyed. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back up. Buried. They buried them, like called them to the dump? Um, I don't <laughs> believe so. At least the story that I've heard is that they um, ground them down and just dug a hole and put them in there. Um, I've they, also heard another story that said that they just buried these statues in the ground. They just dug a hole and... Well, it would... Okay... All right. Well, I, the reason I'm kind of, <laughs> it became an idol that they worship. They, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, and so I wonder why they would, gr- if you ground something down, then why would you still bury it unless you had some other thoughts there? But I'm more inclined to believe the second story, which says, mm-hmm. hey, they dug a little grave. And put it in there. Yeah. And they put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. What's oh, oh okay? So I here I'm I'm gonna wrap my mind around this. Just let me catch up here because now I got some questions. 
Are we good with the questions? Sure. All right. All right. So, if did the did they tell you where they may have buried them? Was there like a field and it said, "Hey, this is the graveyard of the old saints." They didn't do that. No. Um we were there after so the first set of people that were there had gone and they sold it. Okay. Um to the ministry that we were there with. Right. And um those were stories from people who'd worked there for a while. Okay. When that second ministry came in, there were um, these statues lining the street. And so then they um, did do we know, something. Do we know how many? I don't know how many. I'm okay. inclined to think six or 12. I'm not sure why. Those numbers are things that I think I remember, but I'm not sure why. But I also heard that when the first group of people left, they cursed the building, that they actually went through all the rooms and they um, actually prayed curses on the next group because they didn't actually believe um, in this Christian ministry that was coming in. Okay, so th- I'm looking for some stuff here because I now that has impact. Yes. Uh, I And the reason I know that has impact is because if you want to see that on a big global big scale uh there was buddhist monks that set up recordings and self-chanting in vietnam that hid themselves in caves in the mountains that down looked over valleys like pleiku valley etc and they would broadcast down their prayers of cursing the men to have divided families alcoholism suicide on and on and on and we, when Don Hinton was over there, that was one of the things they went over there to help break mm. uh, from some of our returning Vietnam veterans. Mm. And we know that there have been Muslims that have done the same type of cursing. And people that think they're praying to nobody are wrong. When you pray to a demonic spirit, you empower it. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like you're telling me mm-hmm. here is they were praying curses on Christians. Yeah. And uh, because it wasn't their type of Christianity, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to give kind of a picture to what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. All right, so they plant, they, they, they had their idols. Mm-hmm. They prayed to their idols. They prayed curses through their idols. That's what I just heard. Yeah, and I would assume that that is correct. So when this other a group came in they completely you know they prayed through the whole building and they cleaned physically they cleaned it and they redid a lot of the areas but when I was there um, there was a lot of physical things wrong that you could just see um, the, the the dormitory area was an older part of the building and the room right next to mine uh, was not occupied because it had about an inch crack up the wall and you could literally see through the wall to the outside because of this crack. And I was like, um, this is not safe. Like, this building is, like, falling apart. And there was other areas um, that were just kind of, like, creepy because uh, they had, like, a little courtyard. And in the courtyard, um, there are statues that this new group put up. Um, and I don't know how much to say about it, but they just are creepy because they are little kids. Okay, no, I, 
don't talk about not how much I need to say. I want to know, man, because now you got me a little bit freaked out, but I'm listening. Okay, but they're like, they're kids, and they're like, they're playing, like, but the statues of them are like in mid-play. Okay. And at night, I would walk down that hallway, um, and that hallway just, there's something to just, you know, you stand there and you can feel something crawl up your spine. Yep. And then you walk like faster. Yep. I, I just want to point out that your sister did this whole little shimmy thing just for you said you feel it crawl up your spine because she was thinking back to that very thing. It's a real thing. And it is a real thing. There are people who have, um, I mean, there's so many stories that people tell you that are just creepy, but they say, you know, one night I was walking down this hall and all of a sudden I heard children laughing and there's no children in the building. And I looked over to the courtyard and that's where it was coming from. I'm like, I don't know how much I believe that when I, at that time I wasn't, I wasn't living a supernatural life. So I was more like, just like, la, 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 la. If I don't look at it, maybe it's not real. And, but I would hear those stories and it would resonate with me. Like something is off and there is an old, um, library there as well that used to be a nursery and, um, a whole section is blocked off. And there's just... Why is it blocked off? I See, I don't know. And there are stories about that, too. Well, what are they? <laughs> I want to know. Now, this thing has no time limit. I'm just kicking it out okay. there. If this thing rolls into you guys are driving home in the dark, I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, there was just all these stories about, like, there's hidden passages and there's hidden um, rooms. And if you were to go up... Um, there, they said that there, <laughs> this is another story that I heard that there is a room where the first group would do their worship, like, like the, not, I don't want to say seance, but like there'd be candles and there'd be like, um, prayers and things like that. And when the second group came in, they blocked that room off. And this is just a story. I don't know if it's true, but. They said that one at one point someone had to go through the attic and up and over and they could get down through the ceiling into that room and they found all sorts of things like old prayers and old, I'm going to guess, idols and things like that. But they just blocked, they completely blocked off a section of... So the first group is one that blocked that off. I'm not sure who did it, but it's been blocked off. But they found a, an area that, that used to be a room and that is now, you know, you can't get to it from the outside. This is very interesting. This is very coast. Someone to coast. told me that they recently <clears throat> like they busted through that. Oh. And like it, they they took out everything and they made it a part of actually the auditorium. You know that front part, yeah, where Mr. O's stuff all is. That's where it used to be. Oh, very interesting. That's what I heard. Okay. Don't, th don't throw people's names around like that. Yeah. Oh, stink. <laughs> oh, stink. Oh, stink, she says. And if you guys didn't catch a name, don't back it up and let's do it 20 times to go, who's she talking about? <laughs> okay, so, uh, so they they broke into it recently, you say, and and it used to be blocked off for a long time. So you had a crack going outside the, the buildings. You had children playing. You have idols buried in there. There could be up to 12 idols. Um, these are not idols of demonic no. uh, look. I mm -hmm. mean, it wasn't a, a demonic looking thing. These were actually Christian 
type people, right? Yes, yeah. Possibly the apostles or something mm-hmm. to that effect. We're yeah. not 100% sure. Yeah. But one of the things is when people start living to where they're worshiping anything, one of God's commands is that we do not uh, make uh, engraven images, yeah. et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say that like there's multiple things that linger around uh, the property because just in walking from your car to the building, it would just... You almost, I, at night, I would always feel like running. Like, just don't stop anywhere. Don't ask questions. Just go. Don't, don't do anything. Just go where it's safe. (laughs) All right. Now let's get over to yours. Now, didn't they have pictures hanging in some of these rooms? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So, (laughs) and and the current or the second group ministry group Mm -hmm. that went in there, they didn't take down any of the stuff that first group left. They did take down a lot of it. They put stuff in its place, though, I think. Um, so, like, in my dorm room, um, I had an old lady on the wall across from my bed. And I believe she was the benefactor for the person, like, who made, you know, the room possible or something. But just the placement of it, at, at night, I would face my head towards the wall instead of looking right directly into her face. <laughs> Because the, the <laughs> alternative was like the wall or this lady. I'm not. I just no. <laughs> this is the type of stuff horror movies are made from. You know, literally, it really could, and it would be actually. You know, it's funny. They had this doll. Um, it's oh, called. No, it's not funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. Um, there was a group of Christians who made a doll and her name was Elizabeth and uh. she sang <laughs> she sang the books of the Bible and she quoted scripture verses and things like that. Well, it didn't really make a go of it, so they ended up um, you know, closing down their business while this group actually bought all of those dolls. So Elizabeth um, she was just around um, in little boxes. So one time, um, my sister and I decided it would be funny if we made a still film of Elizabeth walking around. Oh, so we took pictures of Elizabeth coming down the stairs, going down the hall, climbing up trees, and getting into people's mail. Um, and it was actually, it was really good, but it was kind of creepy because this is the doll that sang the books of the Bible. And so every once in a while we'd pinch her hand and she'd say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it was just one of those things. I'm running out of the room right now in complete terror. You know, what would be funny is if we put that, her, her recording on the end of that video or she just sang as she... Walk down the hallway. I want to know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Okay, so. It's just one of those weird things that was going on. Now, let me tell you a little story about uh, a doll. I had bought my daughter when she was very young. Okay, my my brother was married to a gal that ran a daycare. And uh, my wife and I had bought a My Little Buddy. And the My Little Buddy, you you could put whatever you wanted, you know, a cassette tape in there, and it would its mouth would move and it would tell stories, right? So of course, my buddies and I, we would do things like throw in ACDC and stuff like that and make it sing demonic songs, essentially. And my daughter hated the thing. I mean, she hated the thing. 
she couldn't have been about four years old or so, and we it would be sitting in her room, and we'd get up in the morning, and it would be sitting in the other room. And then finally, Christy caught her. She would wait till we went to bed, and then she would get the thing, and she would cover its head and take it into the other room and set it in the other room. She just didn't want it in her room, okay? <clears throat> so I say, hey, that's not a problem. I give it to my sister-in-law, who has the daycare for that. Well, one day she goes, it goes missing. And so she couldn't, uh, she's looking around for it, looking around for it, and she finds it over by the sandbox and it's been buried. So she takes it out and she cleans it up and puts it back in there. And the next day she sees all those kids looking at it and they got it and they took their little shovels and buried it again. So there was something wrong with that doll. So it's no. Oh, yeah. So I, it's the same type of thing is what I'm saying. And, oh, yeah. and, and here you guys are farting around with the thing. Man. I know. I mean... Yeah. But at least it's saying Bible, the books of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that makes it better, but. Yeah, I'm going to go with it doesn't, Scott. <laughs> okay, so go on. What else? So they have this dolls. What else do you got? Um, uh, yeah, because you're sitting here. You're, I'm, you were there longer than she was, I was there. I was. Um, so while I was there, I had a particular duty. I had to check the doors at night to make sure they were locked so no critters could get inside. And this was at curfew. So this is like... What kind of critters? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I want to um, know well, what kind. Snakes have been known to get inside the building. Like literal bugs, like cockroaches, gross things. Just like you, you don't... You can lock a cockroach out? You're like, I... no, dude, you don't have a key. If you leave the door <laughs> open, though, you're kind of welcoming them. I feel like it's just prevented... Come. Come in. <laughs> and, like, it's also because, like, it gets cold. And so you're kind of like, oh, it's warm in there. Ooh, There's a huge crack in the wall. In. They're coming in. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting. What's the point of locking the door because there's a one-inch crack running down the wall? All okay. right, yeah. Continue. Um, but so this is talking, we're talking, like, 11 o'clock at night okay. or later. Yeah. Sometimes it's talking midnight or t- oh, 12, uh, 1230. And so, like, it's late. I'm by myself. And I'm walking down these hallways and it is the creepiest thing it is just so creepy you don't want to be alone you don't want to be in the dark and like as i was walking down the same hallway she's talking about with the little children that whole hallway is a hallway of windows on one side and it looks out to those little children and some of them the way their hands are raised look like they are reaching like reaching for you and so like out of your peripheral vision it is the scariest thing you'll ever see when you are alone at night or those little children with their arms raised towards you you're like ah and you want to run (laughs) right so like i caught myself running literally running to check i had like five doors over the whole building i'm like running from door to door to door to door because i'm just so creeped out and and then um like there's just so many things I just would see out of the corner of my eye shadows moving. Okay, so let's talk about you guys are both seers, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott, you're somewhat coming into understanding what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It isn't. It isn't a fact of. I believe that everybody has a gift of sight. I believe that their eyes just need to be open. Part of the thing is with having a renewing of your mind is. You have to understand how to see things spiritually as opposed to just seeing things, if that makes sense. Because when we look at things in the natural, we try to rationalize them in our, in our brain, mm-hmm. right? And whatever our brain is focused on, 
that's what we'll rationalize it to. <clears throat> Part of opening our eyes spiritually is uh, is just that. We start to open up our, our eyes to where we can uh, see beyond just the 3D realm that we live in right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So with you being able to see, mm-hmm. did you... I, I, I'm going to start with you, Emily. Did, yes. with you With you being able to see... And, you know, you're talking about statues and this, what they look like. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the the demonic that was there. Because yeah. there's obviously demonic. We've had some idol worship, et cetera, yeah. going on. And let's not make light of the situation mm-hmm. for real is, did you see demonic presences in the building? Yes. And did you, can you tell me what you saw in the building? I can. So one night when I was doing that job where I was checking doors, I was walking back towards the dormitory and that long hallway that's really creepy, it heads straight on both ends are doors and you can see out that front door from the middle of the hallway. Right. And so I saw at the front door and pretty far out, like I'm talking a couple hundred feet, I saw a man, but he looked like he had a, a mane, like a lion's mane. Okay. And it was like this dark shadow, and he was moving towards the building. And I was, like, freaked out. So I booked it <laughs> back to my room. But I even saw things right in outside my room. Now, I had, like, claimed authority over my room. And right. so there was nothing in my room most of the time. Anyway. <laughs> but um, I but there was one time when I was in my room, I opened up my door to go out to do that job late at night and I saw a demon and he was standing in the door frame of my room and he, he almost filled it and he said hello and I slammed the door in his face because I was freaked out. I bet you were. I was and then I don't remember what I did. I don't remember if I called you, Carissa. I don't know. I may have called someone. I may have not but I ended up praying and then, then I came to the understanding that it was intimidation and that I had to go out because I had to face it. Because if I didn't, I would just be succumbing to fear. Right. And that's not living a victorious life. So I opened up the door and ended up casting it out and telling it it couldn't bother me. And it turned out to be nothing because he has no power. Anyway, so that was one time. Um, and then another time I was in um, an office and I was just, again, late at night waiting for that job that I had to do. And I, outside the window, I saw, saw something pass by and I was like, what was that? And I knew that it was a demon and it was there. Yep. So that's a couple times. I'm drawing a blank. I know there are more. I know there are more. How about you? Um, I know that the last time that I've been here, uh, I went there, um, I felt a very heavy religious spirit on just the whole place um, to the point where I just knew that it knew I was there and it didn't like me. And there was all sorts of people who are normally like would be friendly with me and you know whatever and they they just kind of they <laughs> I only had one person that I knew talk to me the entire time that I was there. And I was like, "Hmm, this is a strange like thing because I mean with my family coming in and out of all of this like um, you know, my sisters have all gone there. I've been at the minist- that ministry for, um, I mean, I think 11 years. So it was like a good chunk of my life. I've known some of these people, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Like, 
no yeah. contact they don't want to talk or be friendly and I was like hmm that's really weird and and I just knew there was actually at one point me and Scott were both there and um, there was a presence in our room do you remember that it was late at night and we had been talking to Emily because Emily was struggling with all of um, these you know demonic things and she's right um, but there was something in our room and we had to they you know you have to leave you can't come and this is our space this is but i don't think i've ever i don't know <laughs> well, you gotta know because know. the rest of us don't know <laughs> i know but it's like it's more for me right now it's been more of like feelings i don't physically like see presences right but i can tell yeah you can feel them and you can sense them and i and i just know Right. certain things the right. lord just gives me insight and so i just saw a huge huge oppression of this religious spirit and it came and then there was little like minions almost as a, is the way that i saw it spiritually so there's this religious spirit that is over the area and then it has fear and pride and as little minions and intimidation because um when i was actually leaving the ministry um I can't, I can't tell you how many people tried to intimidate me, tell me that I was not in the will of the Lord, that I was not following God, and that I was making horrible choices because I was leaving this ministry right. to the point where I was like, that doesn't make any sense because I know I'm hearing God. I know that I'm following the will of the Lord, but they were trying to manipulate and intimidate me and keep me... I don't know. Bound is the way I feel like it. That would be a good way of putting it. Now, uh, let me bounce that back over to you, Emily. When when you had intimidation show up there in front of your door, uh, had you accepted him or not been at least uh, had enough insight to see and understand what you were dealing with? Um. Uh, He could have infiltrated your life to where you always felt intimidated. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I want to I want to touch with both of you here for a minute on on a religious spirit. All right. A religious spirit always looks like it's worshiping God. It always uses in uses and invokes the name of Jesus on a regular basis. Makes comments about Holy Spirit. Um, makes claim for li- led by Holy Spirit, but it actually ends up with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you, how does that end up looking? Uh, when I came into the Christian faith, the first thing I tried to do was fit in. And you, we figured out real, real fast, you guys all chuckle, <laughs> uh, that, that the person you see before you today was that guy back then. Because I was just like, I was like, how can... How can you guys not believe some of the things you're... How can you believe some of the things you're saying because you're putting no power behind what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, you're you're saying you believe in Christ, but then I see you out getting blood or drunk or backhand your wife or stuff to that effect. Yeah. Um, that that doesn't... You're not making sense to me. You, you have... It isn't about weaknesses. I'm not going to dumb this down. I am not... I, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to... Uh, make the gospel impotent period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay 
when you make claim to live for Jesus Christ, you either get after it or don't even start. Because what I see for Christianity for the most part in today is a weak impersonation of the reality of Jesus Christ's planned life for us to live free and live completely free, meaning we face demonic presences. It means that we face things. I mean, I, I go to church. I go to churches. And what happens? I'm on a tirade, so everybody just hang on. <laughs> but I go to places, and they have reduced the prophetic down to giving you a personal word, or they reduce the word, uh, the prophetic down to, oh, we'll heal you if it's in God's will. So yeah. just come up front, and we'll take care of it. That is not the intention of what the gospel was. When I hold up the Bible, my biggest struggle in life has been, and why this is not uh, just being hung out there other than when I pick up the Bible, I'm going to agree with Francis Chan and say the Bible, the church that I see in here is not the one that I see present out Amen. in front of me. Mm -hmm. So when we start talking about these things, and I, and I want to make very clear why I'm talking about this situation uh, while we talk about demonic presences, etc. When you say religious spirit and you start talking about people being intimidated and people claiming to know what God is saying to you, are they weighing it back against the Bible or are they weighing it back against their belief in the system they have adapted themselves to? Because Christianity, in a lot of cases, has become a culture as opposed to a kingdom yeah um i yes <laughs> yes okay thanks for agreeing with me <laughs> no it's like whoa we, we didn't mean to come to church today bert no i totally 100 percent agree with you because i grew up in a religious system where self-righteousness is something you have to wear to church if you don't come righteous then all of a sudden you are no good Go find Jesus at the altar. Go do this. Go do that. And fix your life. Because if you don't, then all of a sudden, you're you're either in or you're out. And there is no middle ground. There's no room for mistakes. There's no room for real. And so you come with your pretty, pretty self-righteousness gown into church. And you sit there nice. And then you take it off and you hang it up in the closet. Because if you don't, you're going to mess it up. So you have to bring that with you to church. And so I totally get all of that whole yes, yes. And and, I, and the other part of that, though, is that if you don't have that self-righteous, what you need to do is be wounded so they can pray for you to make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. yeah. Are you with me? Oh, I'm with you. I'm so totally what I'm 100%. Say, what, I, what I am saying here and where I'm going with this is when we talk about that religious spirit that you talked about, the intimidation, that stuff being, being in a presence, this could be in a lot of old seminary buildings. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that demonic presence is ever existence in the Western church. Mm -hmm. And what we've got to do is, is buck up against it. So I, now I'm going, to I'm going to turn our talk for just a minute. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn the talk to this. And I'm talking to all three of you. Scott, Scott's got the thousand yard stare <laughs> I going. I have to lean over and share a microphone. So. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. You know, if I had more money, <laughs> I would put a fourth microphone right there. It's coming. So here's the deal. Yes. When you do face stuff like that, how do you how do you rebuke it and move forward and not get trapped by it? 
You okay, Scott? Yeah. Okay. So I know for me personally, the first thing I have to do is pray and ask the Lord to help me to stay calm because my immediate response is fear, and that's also of the enemy. And so I pray and ask the Lord to give me courage, and then I remember who my God is. Like sometimes I have to recount who my God is, and I go through that process. I'm like, my God made this universe. My God is all-powerful. My God is omnipotent. He is. This is who he is. Right. And so if my God is this and I am his messenger, then that has to go. And then I feel more courage. And so when I face it, I tell it, you have no right to be here in the name of Jesus because he is all of these things. He is all-powerful, and he is with me. Have you ever had any of them look back at you and go, uh-huh, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I know, have, yeah. I, I actually, I, <laughs> I was uh, at an apostolic gathering, and uh, there was one of the one of the guys in there. He, um, I won't mention his name, but I will tell you, he used to be part of a uh, group of mothers and fathers. Yeah, it was mothers and fathers of my Italian as- association. Their abbreviation was the Mafia. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, no laughter. All right, that's too big for this room. No, no, just throwing out a laugh. I'll no. Okay, no courtesy laugh. (laughs) 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 Okay, so here's the deal. The guy said he did have a demon enter his room one time, and it met him at. It was at the foot of his bed, and it grabbed a hold of his foot and shook him awake. And so he woke up to see this demon, and he said it was not, um, didn't have horns and all this other stuff, but it was definitely a demonic presence, and it smelled bad and everything else. And he said, I rebuke you. And he said, and the demon said, I rebuke you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And he goes, in the name of Jesus. And the demon says, "I, I know Jesus, and I know you don't believe in him. Oh, snap. (laughs) <laughs> and so the guy got up and slept in the living room for the next two weeks because the demon took up residence in his bedroom. But he went to church all the time, mm-hmm. and he was saved. Mm-hmm. But he did not believe in his heart that Jesus truly had the power, mm-hmm. that there was power in the name of Jesus to cast the demon out. So yeah. the demon cast him out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's why I'm asking when you say those things you have to have the presence of mind mm-hmm. for uh, dealing with the demon you yeah. have to have an actual belief in Christ that Christ is going to deal with the situation mm-hmm. or Holy Spirit is going to deal with the situation Absolutely. Okay. okay. so you were going to go another place with that I would say forgiveness also has to do with a lot of it like those footholds or, yeah, those footholds that we give them, they don't need very much to hold on. Um, and I know that some that I've come in contact with, I have had unforgiveness towards a person or towards myself or something that was allowing them in the situation. And I've had them say, I was like, you have to leave. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, why not? And then they would tell me, well, you know, this is whatever. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to deal with whatever. Because I know the Holy Spirit would tell me. You know what came into my mind when you said that was um, a mountain goat. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, a mountain goat, a lot of times when we see a 
what is a demonic presence that looks like a fawn. Do you know what a fawn is? Yeah. Okay, they, and they have a horn, and it's a human body, and it has goat uh, features. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's... Um, <clears throat> but you know when a mountain sheep, or a mountain goat, let's call it, yeah, a mountain goat, here in Wyoming, I've seen them. I've seen them climb up the side of walls with very little things to hold on to. Mm-hmm. But all they need to pull themselves forward on occasion is they actually have film footage and you can you can watch this on natural geographic where they have done nothing but had enough to put their teeth on to hold them to where they can swing to another position Hmm. so when you talk about they need very little to hold on to that's exactly what entered my mind when you said that yeah so the slightest bit of unforgiveness the slightest bit of doubt Mm -hmm. i mean to when we talk at church and they say, uh, we talked about the, uh, the storm rolling back and Jesus is resting in the boat and Mm -hmm. sleeping in the boat. And they're like, ah, and he goes, you have little faith. Mm -hmm. The other thing we got to remember is the demon doesn't need much of you to be living unrighteous, uh, unforgiving, unforgiving or being bitter. But on the other end of things, it only takes a little bit of faith to conquer everything he's got a hold of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's true. I've seen that too, where there would be situations I I would feel overwhelmed almost to the point of just giving up and something inside me, the Holy Spirit inside me, just, no, this is not the way that this is going to end. And in that moment, just that little bit of, no, this is not the way it's going to end. Rises something inside of you, the warrior inside of you, and say, no, you don't have a power. You don't have authority. You don't have any right to be in this room because I know who I am in Christ. And Amen. he's seated above all powers and principalities and all powers of darkness. He is seated above. And guess what? In Ephesians 2, it says I'm seated with him. Amen. You're got, you got your sister all wound up there. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> so let's uh, let's kind of close this out with a couple of things here. So the place still exists. Yes. You both have been in it in here in the last year. Yes. Yes. Is there any way that we could tear down or pray towards tearing that down? <sighs> I mean, while I was there, the one thing that the Lord was doing with me was praying for revival. Okay, revival that, revival in the Christians or yeah, revival in the, people in the non-Christians? There. In the people there. Okay, so there was, so, they had a, des- he has a desire to mm-hmm. take and ignite Christians. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Okay, so how are we going to see that happen? You know, I'm not sure. I know that different things have been happening at that place. Like leadership is being affected like, um, one leadership he was talking about revival, like actual personal revival and getting connected with God again. And another one was talking about rebuking the enemy. And okay. so like things are happening, but I don't know. I feel like there's just so much demonic power that isn't seen and dealt with from the top down that it is overwhelming. So like to pray. All right. Well, one thing that we can do is pray for um missionaries etc that are in those places that they are not uh become oppressed by those Mm -hmm. so do you guys got anything else you want to add for the tail end of this 
uh, off the record? Well, my experience, too, is understanding the authority because um, those strongholds that, like Rick Joyner's book talks about, those demons latch on to people and control us. It's more of an oppression-type thing than a possession. But um, I've gone into board meetings and I've prayed before the meeting and just recognizing the power of prayer and the uh, authority that we do have in Christ because before the meeting I prayed, okay, I'm taking back all authority that has been given up to the enemy. I have authority with the organization I worked with because I was on the leadership, I was on the board. And I prayed that before the meeting, I said only um, truth will be spoken and only love will win out. And um, I bind up the mouth of the enemy and so no lies can be spoken, etc. And it was one of the best board meetings we had had because even though we were all believers, the enemy wants to create division and dissension and um, create offense and all that kind of stuff. But this meeting, I could physically see uh, at least three people on in this meeting. They were getting frustrated because they couldn't speak up. They couldn't speak out. And it even came to the point where one individual had to raise their hand. And it wasn't the individual, but it was the enemy trying to get permission through the people, you know, to speak out. And another board member said yes what do you need to say and um, the individual said oh do you mind if I speak up on this topic to muddy the waters and I was just blown away and that they even wanted to tell you we are going to lie right now I'm 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 here we are off the record so here's the deal have you ever seen where Nancy Pelosi, and I'm not taking a political side one way or the other, other than this part, when she says, of course we lie, we'll put whatever spin we need on it to get what we want, and then we'll deal with it later. I mean, when they blatantly say stuff like that, how are you supposed to have trust in those type of people? Mm-hmm. So I hear you. I see what you're saying. You know, they Even though it stood up and wanted to, it got permission to talk, it still had to tell the truth. Right. And then from that moment on, you know, because the other board member, oh, I love the person, which they're a great person. But it was like the other board member said, oh, sure, go ahead, say whatever you need to say. And the board meeting just went downhill for that last 30 minutes. Um, So just recognizing the power and authority that we do have in Christ and understanding the power of prayer and tilling the soil with prayer before you go into situations Mm, that sounds good yeah all right hey scott over there in front of you we were in a uh we were at a chinese restaurant last night right yeah okay so off the record this just came to me so off the record is going to be closing with that statement now i yeah i got a fortune cookie now and what did your fortune cookie say not that we found that we believe that by random chance some person in San Francisco typed this on a piece of paper that it would float through the air and come to me in a cookie that's kind of bleh. Didn't Christy say, if the table moves, move with it? Yeah, yeah, that's very Bruce Lee. <laughs> Be water. 
lot of when it is frozen, it is cold. <laughs> if the table moves, move. I don't remember what mine said, but I remember what yours said. What did mine say? Yours said, faith is personal, but never private. Yeah, faith is personal, but never private. So one thing that we want to close out this show with is I always close all of them with, uh, you know, Jesus loves you and I love you and there's nothing you can do to stop us. But the truth be told, it is matter what you do. My love for you and the love of Jesus Christ for you has nothing to do in your actions or whatever you do. It's a choice within us that we make a choice to love people. And when we see demonic things, etc., the reason we tear down those strongholds, it is not because it brings a sense of pride to us or we're at war with things. What we are sent here to do is set the captives free. And the only way you can have freedom is through understanding, belief, knowledge, and acceptance of Jesus Christ. So it would be our deepest wish that you would have that personal faith that would be publicly displayed for all people. So, for the Barbarian Prophet, we all say bye. Bye. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Peace.